Sarah Jackson, can you hear me all right? I can. Can all you hear right. me? Terrific. I can hear you loud and clear. Sarah, thank you so much. First of all, uh, first and foremost, thank you for doing this. Uh, you didn't have to. You're doing it out of the kindness of your heart and, in my opinion, to help a lot of people. That's the whole point of this. I think it's therapeutic to talk about uh, these sorts of things. And so yeah. I'm, I'm super grateful that you're doing it for yourself and then for people that will watch and be helped by it. And that's what the goal has been since I started this whole thing was to help people. So enough about me and the podcast. We're going to talk about <laughs> you. We're going to get going. And me and Sarah actually have, um, sorry, I'm going to check something real quick here. Me and uh, Sarah actually have kind of talked about, we re not rehearsed, but we went over the subjects we're going to cover. I want to start with, if you're comfortable, Sarah, just um, at the level that you're comfortable with, kind of telling your story. I think the majority of the people here know it, but it would be good for us to have a refresher. And anyone who's joining that doesn't know your story, um, I would definitely yeah. to be aware. So is that okay if we do that kind of getting started? Yeah. Awesome. So do you want my like life story or do you want <laughs> when you my... Were born, uh, where you were born at? Uh, uh, right. Oh, if you watch Trailer Park, um, born day. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, I guess kind of a little bit of like my background stories just so like people understand who i am and like where i'm coming from too before this because there's more to me obviously than Kevin yeah. juvenile yes thank you um, like that's i sorry to interject that's gonna happen a few times no you're fine <laughs> yeah you're fine. <laughs> that happens that's something that we see happen in the media so often is not necessarily the survivor being defined by what happened but that person kind of the person that committed the atrocity getting all this fanfic yeah. and then the people who really matter get get lost in the shuffle so yes tell us about right. yourself by all means that's what we want to hear and i also think it kind of um like sets up how things went down and how certain things were handled but sure. so i'm one of three girls um my family has always been super strict and um, when we were younger, we would go to church with my grandparents on the weekend because my mom worked, uh, she was a nurse and she worked evening shift. So we would just stay with my grandparents on the weekend. So I went to that church my whole life. Um, and my parents had actually met at that church. So they had been there and then they were out of it for a little bit. Um, but still, even when they were out of church, we had a very strict family. Um, and I guess sheltered is the word, like yep. <laughs> almost Amish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Then we, um, I went to public school up until seventh grade. And okay. then my grandfather used to work for General Motors and he was gonna quit and become the principal of the Christian school that was attached to Calvary Baptist. Um, so my parents put us in the private school for my eighth grade year. Um, and this was still under the leadership of the previous pastor. Gotcha. And then, so we went to that school for one year and then that pastor left. Um, so ninth grade, there was no school since there was no pastor. So I was homeschooled and we did paces, which oh. anybody that's done paces, they're horrendous. <laughs> the worst. So bad. Um, and we had to do like the videos. Raise your hand in the comments so if you've done paces and you hate them. Uh, yeah. So that. bad. <laughs> um, and then, so Cameron ended up coming my ninth grade year while I was being homeschooled mm -hmm. and they started reopening the school. So 10th grade, I started back in the Christian school gotcha. um, and I was there 10th through graduation. And then after graduation, I did a semester at Golden State Baptist College. And then I came home and 
I guess where kind of starts where all of this came into play is I, even when Cameron came, I was super close to their family because I was their babysitter. Um, at the time right. when they got here, they had one daughter. And then right after getting here, they had their second daughter. So I babysat for them since 10th grade. So I was close to their family. Um, close to Sarah, I go shopping with her and that's his wife for people who don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like always around them. And then 12th grade is when things really started and there started being communication and then it turned into a sexual relationship okay um while i was still a minor so that's kind of and then when i, I came out last came forward last year so that's kind of what started all of this after 11 years so i want to this we don't have this written down but i would love to hear I don't want to ask this amiss, and I don't want it to sound, I don't want it to come off the way that it does generally when someone's discussing uh, a, a survivor, but I do want to ask this question. I'd, I'd love to hear your answer um, because it's something that we hear all the time, and it's something that my mother and other uh, survivors have dealt with, and that question is, again, I'm not asking this the way that we're used to hearing it, but why now? Or why, you know what I mean? We, you hear that often like, you didn't generally hear it in disparaging terminology, like, well, why did you wait so long to come forward? Um, and because I don't have the personal experience that you have and my mother has that, that other amazing brave women have, I'd like to hear if you're comfortable sharing that, you know, what your, um, you know, what your answer would be to why now? I think we're having some connectivity issues. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay? are we good? Yes, we're good. We're Sorry, good. it was like. It was jumping, so I tried to turn my Wi-Fi off, and then I lost you. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we're back. We're still here. That's great. <laughs> okay, good. <clears throat> so you said, so why now? Yes, yes. Okay. So basically, and when that's asked in a, like, caring way, that's yeah. totally an okay question. Okay. But then when I get questions like, well, if that really happened, then why did you wait 11 years? Right. Like, what took so that's when it rubs me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But basically what people don't understand is I think the concept of grooming and when a victim is groomed, it's years of we're like preparing them for something. Yeah. And I don't know if like when I was starting to be groomed that Cameron knew this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to start working on her. Right or if that's just how it progressed. But I mean, I do think that there are some that totally groom on purpose, mm -hmm. but- Absolutely. So it's years of being worked into trusting this person and being close to this person. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it's your pastor. And in the independent fundamental Baptist world, the closest way that I can explain it is you're raised to where they are one step under God. Yeah. And I don't know that there was, ever a conversation where you sit down with your parents and they're like you don't question the pastor you don't question us but it's understood it is you and just don't that conversation so happens. yeah and i so i feel like you just i don't know you just don't you don't question and like anything they do you just kind of go with because of who they are yeah and also if people knew cameron before all of this, mm -hmm. you would understand his personality. He's very charismatic. Right. He is a people person. Mm -hmm. He is 
and the pastor that we had in that church before was much older and it was a very i don't want to say dry church but it was a very <laughs> mellow yeah. like very quiet and mellow and cameron brought in something totally new that right. the church had never like lively and people person and so people are drawn to him like yeah. he's just he's got that energy mm -hmm. that you're drawn to so i think that also went with the grooming you're just drawn to yeah. that person Absolutely. he was also very young he was 29 when he came mm -hmm. so i think it was a mental thing of because at the time when i was a minor it's not like i mean this is going to be like an explicit but he, it's not like he raped me he didn't force against my will at that point i was willing right and so i think it took me a while to get out of that mindset i mean it was year a couple years of being in that mindset and then once i came back from college and i started dating and he and i like really started drifting and i stopped like i slowly stopped going to the church mm -hmm. it was getting harder and harder for me to know my past with him and then see him get up there and preach about adultery right preach about pornography and preach on all these things and i'm like dude i know you and i know your secrets so it started getting harder and harder and i just like started started to back off and then i dated this guy for five years and then he and i split it was a very toxic relationship on both ends and we ended up splitting and that's when i got with tj and then once i got with him in 2012 finding someone that you know like genuinely cares about you and right. genuine genuinely loves you isn't just using you for their secret life mm -hmm. so i feel like and i've used this in my letter to cameron like there's that analogy where they say like two wolves are fighting and which yeah. one's going to win it's going to be the one that feed the most mm -hmm. and i think i had this scared little baptist girl who was sheltered who yeah. was like i can't tell anyone because I'm so scared of being the one to have to wear a scarlet letter mm -hmm. if I come forward. Yeah. Everyone's going to take his side. Thing. Yeah. And then, or, and then there was this other one that's like, I'm learning who I am and I'm growing as a person. And now I found someone that actually loves me and I like starting getting more confident. And then I feel like the intent, the more that one was fed, the less intimidated I was by him. And yeah. then I had my son. And I feel like that was the game changer. Mm -hmm. And I think there were so many times throughout the years where I struggled and I would talk to Cameron and I'd ask him like, was I the only one? And it wasn't out of a jealousy way. It was more so has this, what I'm feeling, if there's someone else out there that's feeling the same thing because of you. Right. And he would always say, no, no, you're the only one. Of course. So I kind of like put it in my mind, like, okay, well then I can handle this and I'll get through it. You only did it this one time. Right. It was but isolated. Then the more time that went on. Go ahead. Sorry. You're saying it was, he's assuring you over and over that it's an isolated incident. It just happened to you. No one else. Right. And so I was, it was more like, well, there's no reason for me to say anything because yeah. I can handle it. I wanted to think I could, but then once I became a mom, and I realized like the level of being naive was slowly wearing off. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in the world and I was learning like, this isn't normal. Like in right. no way, shape or form is this normal. And 
learning that like a 16 year old growing up Baptist and a 16 year old growing up in the world are two totally different people. Like yeah. the letter level of being sheltered. So like the fact that statute of limitations in most states is 16. I know where I was at 16 right. and growing up that sheltered like in the world, maybe someone who's been exposed to these things. Sure. But I, I, that's where my issues come in with that. But anyway, so when I became a mom, I was like, I kind of clicked that it's not normal. And I owed it to other moms to protect their children. I'm going to protect my son. And I can tell you if someone did this to one of my kids, I'll be in jail before they're in jail. Same. So yeah, like it, it's insane. But I almost felt like this, like I was compelled, not for me, but I know in my gut, and this is strictly in my gut, I'm not <laughs> accusing and saying I know more than I do, right. but I think there's more out there. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we know that he has had affairs that have come forward, yeah. but legally there's nothing that can be done, but I think there's more. And I felt if I don't speak up, who's going to be that other Sarah's voice? Yeah to protect them from it further happening like it needed to stop and so i was like i gotta not worry about this uphill battle i'm about to face this group of bullies that i'm about to face and if i have to wear a scarlet letter then i do but it was just i think having my son and becoming a mom and just feeling like i owed it to other moms to get the word out there this guy is out there and could do the same thing to your kid so i think that's when that switch happened and that's and that's that answer and i appreciate you sharing that because that helps that helps bring perspective to it you know what i mean it helps it helps people understand how you prioritize and i know you understand this but just to reiterate please coming to you with that question like you already know but i'm not coming in a in a silly yeah. or even a, a, a unkind way to say well why did you wait because i know you've heard it way too many times right. Um, so many times <laughs> I can only imagine I've only seen a few of them so I, I can imagine there's many more so that is I think that just really helps people frame what you know you're coming forward and what happened to cause you to believe that now is the right time and again from from mm -hmm. what I what I've learned and what little research I've done I, I wouldn't say there's a uh, for any survivor there's any um, like a specific age or time it's just when it, it becomes right for you or when um, you know, when that, I wouldn't say responsibility, maybe, maybe that's the right word, but when it kicks in that like, Hey, there's going to be other victims or, you know, there's just, it's the right time. It's again, to quantify it, I don't think it's easy, but I, everything you said was perfect. That made perfect sense. Um, I want to pause for just a second. I meant to say this at the beginning <laughs> and I did it, but, uh, not your mother's podcast is, uh, we've done a lot of episodes lately where, um, you know, I've, we've strayed from, you know, cursing and explicit content as much as we can. But due to the nature of what we're talking about tonight, this is going to be explicit. There will be cursing. It's going to happen. So I know I'm coming in late with that information. It's my fault. Um, but I just want you guys to know, again, now that you've heard Sarah's, you know, her story and a little bit of uh, where she's coming from and her why, sort of, so to speak, I would hope you understand that, like, if you've got young ears around, this is not necessarily something that we're trying to have them listen to. You're the parent. It's up to you. I won't judge what you have your kids listen to, but this is something that is not really for young ears. Um, just, just making sure you guys know. Um, but Sarah, again, thank you so much for coming on and for being willing to do this. I'm, 
uh, I'm grateful. We're all grateful that you've taken the time to do it. So we're going to go through, and again, don't let me keep you from anything you want to say. I know with the connection and us not being in the same room, it, you know, it'll be easy to, for me to cut you off, unfortunately, or for you to not get a word in edgewise. So feel free to, you know, just put your hands up and let me know to stop. Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so let me, if it's okay, let me jump into a couple questions that we have pinned down and we'll see where we go from there, but feel free to, again, say anything uh, that comes into your head. That, that's what I want to hear. Um, so, oh, actually we covered two of these already. I didn't even realize. I just was going off, off the fly. We already got into the first two, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think um, we'll get into what's happened recently and what kind of pulled us here, um, uh, kind of got us to do this live stream as far as current events, things that we've seen posted, just ridiculous things. We're definitely going to get into that. But I think the one thing I want to ask you about, because we've, I, I do kind of feel bad because we've covered so much of your story, of course, with your consent, but we haven't really been able to have you on. So um, I want to kind of cover some of those things and how uh, they affected you and how you felt uh, and what you thought about these different things when they came to light kind of through a video on the internet or someone tweeted something. I kind of like right your reaction to those things um, because it's very important for us to see your side. So um, Cameron uh, made a video, gosh, it's been a while ago when they, when they fled California, I think that's the right term um, and moved to uh, Jacksonville, ironically with the name. And he made a video, him and his wife uh, and, you know, him just kind of declaring his innocence as a Baptist, as an IFB pastor would. Um, is that something you could speak to? And I don't, again, I'm not trying to be offensive or go too deep, but is that something you could speak to as far as when you saw it, kind of what you thought or what you felt or how that came across to you? So my initial reaction was super angry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've said since day one that I look forward to the day, and I know that this isn't for every victim. Everyone handles it differently. I look forward to the day to where I can look him in the eyes again, because okay. the fact that he is denying it, like I was hearing it through Pastor Shiplet sure. and Pastor Treber that he was denying it. But once I heard it, I saw, or saw a video that was at that time, the closest that I've gotten to being able to look him in the eye. Right. Like after what you've done, I want you to have to look me in the eye and tell me that I'm a liar. So that was the closest that I've gotten. And when I saw his face and his mannerisms and everything, it was, I mean, it was a flood of emotion, but the biggest one was anger and um, see, just he, seeing him say it. But I also feel like when he said that it didn't happen, right. it was very breezed over. Oh yeah. It was super fast and then it went to we're doing great and we love each other and all this stuff that was and that part Sarah of, sat there was super weird yeah <laughs> and i i guess where my thing is if someone were to so my husband's a police officer and he arrests people on the daily right if someone if he were to arrest a female and she accused him of something the first thing i'm gonna do is get to the bottom of it. Yeah. I'm not just going to immediately like shut down and run. And I think that's kind of like goes into another thing that we were talking about, like him fleeing to Florida. Sure. If you're walking out of a store 
and a cop stops you and says, we think you just shoplifted. And you know you didn't shoplift. Are you going <laughs> to run from the cop? Right. <laughs> just take off? Because right. that doesn't look awful. Uh-huh. No, you're going to answer his questions. And if you know you didn't, and you know that there's consequences that come from that action mm-hmm. legally, would you not, let's pull the cameras. Right. Here, you want to search my stuff? Take my stuff. Yeah. Like, I would be open to come on, like, do the investigation. There's nothing here to find. I wouldn't just shut my mouth and run away. So then when he did that, and then he made that video, and it was just breezed over, and I saw Sarah, and there was hurt on her face, but it was also numb. And yes, yes. Knowing her, I feel like that's also kind of her personality. She's she's quiet. She's mm-hmm. a quiet person. Um, but I feel like it was just very shut down and that angered me too. Yeah. That she was kind of standing behind him and he was speaking for them. And it might have been she wasn't comfortable talking, but just the whole video just made me very mad. And if I was falsely accused, there'd be a lot more that I would have said other than the accusations against me, they're false. They're not real. And then just go on to, we're so happy. How great my marriage is. But I 100% I one hundred think that it was a publicity thing. Oh, yeah. Or not a publicity thing, a um, political thing. Because, oh. I mean, we had talked and my, I had talked to other people. We knew he was going to be on staff there. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of, you got to say something. Yep. And he hadn't addressed anything at that point. Mm-hmm. So... I guess anger is just the main thing. Seeing his face and seeing him say it wasn't true, even without going into detail, just no, it didn't happen. When he knows, he knows what truth. happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that just ticked me off. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I like what you're saying just because it's, I feel like that's coming from a very true place. It's a very like, like that's a, vis- that's your visceral reaction. You're not trying to, sugarcoat and say, well, I felt like it was interesting. Like, no, I was angry. Like that was it. That was the prime emotion was anger. And I can only imagine what that would feel like to see that person again, recorded and and, and up. And what, what I found, I mean, what you're saying, I, I love what you're saying as far as it being so telling, like, Hey, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't do the thing and I understand feeling, you know, scared. Anytime I get pulled over by the cops, sorry, TJ, I I get scared when I get pulled over. I do too. Right. Okay. Good. That's good. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So no, I, I hate it. Initial like fight or flight kind of thought process, but you also have to understand that it wasn't. That's not how it went with him. There was a vetting process, as far as I understand, and there was you know a lot of research done. So it wasn't just like snap, you know, spur of the moment thing. It was like you have time to recoup and make your statement and do the right thing. But instead of that, you know, he just runs. So to me, that was the first telling thing. And there's a lot more things, things that you're aware of that I may not be that were very telling. But the other one was he took the video down. I think uh, Tom or Greg Neal posted it on Twitter. And then I went to look for it and it was gone. And then it was gone from YouTube within, I don't think it was hours, but it was gone pretty quickly. And to me, that was also very like, okay, if you're really... (laughs) Number one, if you're really innocent, that video is right. weird as hell. Number two, if you're really innocent, why did you take down the video that says you're innocent? That doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. So because now, if someone were to research, there's mm-hmm. nothing from him yeah. saying. And even still, a year later, 
And I don't know if you read, he put out a post um, last week when it had been a year, like his last year and how it's gone. And what did he say? I the didn't cross that he bore. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> it was like, point by point. I just wanted to like go off like he was bearing a cross and uh, all this stuff. And and that um, there's such martyrs. There was one thing and I was reading it earlier. And there was one thing at the end that just, um, oh, he, he's not, he thinks he can speak for his wife, but for both of them that he's not bitter and angry because the comforter was with him the whole time. Oh. You don't get the right to be bitter or angry at me. No. I kept your secret for 11 years. And he said something else in there that it was, um, it was a situation that they could have never imagined happening. Yes, you could have. We had multiple conversations every single time someone was found out. He would call me, so-and-so was just found out. And it was almost like this uh, thing holding over my head, like scaring me into oh to not say anything, like manipulating. Yeah, 100%. And so I knew every time someone was having to step down because he would make sure to tell me. So don't tell me you didn't play the scenario in my head yep. because also every time that I would like if I was struggling because there's multiple times we had conversations when I was struggling with everything mm -hmm. and if I was and I were to reach out to him if I didn't answer like if I were to send him a text hey can you talk and we had a code to do if he was safe to talk and if I was safe to right. talk and if I would say it needs to be this kind of conversation and I didn't answer right away, I'd get five text messages. And like, uh, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I know each time he was panicking, like what happened? Why, I'll, I mean, it was, it was stress. So the uh, fact that he put that in there, that it was a situation that they could have never imagined, your wife may not have imagined it, mm -hmm. but you knew yeah. that it was a huge chance of happening. So that whole, article just made me angry and then i also had heard that treber wanted to fight this with cameron what? when it first came out and said we're gonna fight this don't worry and that's why they wouldn't accept his resignation yeah so if that's the case then you know treber and north valley could have hired him any lawyer which you mm -hmm. know who it would have been yes but they could have hired any lawyer that he wanted why did he then turn it down and move to Florida when he could have fought it? Again, if you're falsely accused for something that severe, it's not, oh, so-and-so lied to me once. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to deny fighting it and run and hide and you know, just I, keep your mouth closed? Why tuck your tail and run? And I know we've talked on so many occasions, but, and you probably, you know, mentioned that to me before, but I didn't, I did not recall that he kind of, turned down representation in, in a manner of speaking he he said you know i don't you know it's not i'm just gonna move like that again an innocent person that doesn't i'm not saying let me be clear i'm not saying no innocent person has ever done that but it does not make sense for an innocent person to do that it makes zero okay. sense oh my right. god i didn't realize i also understand like there are people out there that do get falsely accused and sure. i understand people's level of skepticism in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But what I can't stand is 
the blind following that refuse to admit that it's even a possibility. Yep. So we are taught that all sin is the same. A sin is a sin. Yep. So like I was fighting with, not fighting, but someone <laughs> fired me up into writing a post the other day saying, um, you know, he's a man of God. He would never do that. So are you saying he doesn't sin or are you saying he's not capable of that sin? Like, who are you to say mm -hmm. what sin he's capable of doing and what sin he's not? You're not him. So just because it is horrible does not mean that he's not capable of doing that. And I also truly believe in the fact, like, he always says, like, all his friends have rallied around him. Well, if they're so great, you always talk about restoring someone. So if you did it, then why are you not admitting it and having your friends rally around you to restore you? Yep. I, but I think it's because then he would be disqualified from the ministry and that's what he's ridden for years. Right. And he'd have to get a real job. Yep. And a couple couple things a on the secular job. Right. <laughs> In the secular world, as they call it. Um, a couple things on that. And I like that you spoke to his friends rallying around him. I'm not saying none of them have, but I know one, maybe two people that know, know him really well and have been very close friends in the past. And we've had personal conversations and there's zero rallying going on from those friends. So just throwing that out there. Also, I do, yeah. I've spoken to it in the past, but, and again, it's not, this is not to, don't get me wrong, please, Sarah or anyone. This is not to say like, to excuse anything or make anything okay. But these guys, uh, and I don't know Cameron's, you know, uh, teenage years, young adult, whatever. But most of these guys that have done these things are just guys that have been in the ministry for forever. They don't know any, I'm not saying, I really think they could find good jobs in like marketing and stuff like that, but they don't know anything else. They're scared to death of something like this happening right. because then, like you said, they got to go out and get a real job. And this has been their bread and butter for so long since they graduated college, most of them. And so trying to go out, like I've had to experience you know, going out and getting a real job after being a pastor, it's not easy. I started at Walmart and I know I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make right. it about me, but like Cameron and so many other men who've been accused and or convicted, they're, they're in a mess because they, that this is all they know. Their books, their sermons, their podcasts, everything. It's all revolving around God and the ministry and these heinous things that he has done and others have done. They don't necessarily reflect God or the ministry in my opinion. So it's it's well and i think that also has to do with why sarah may be reacting the way she is and obviously i can't speak for her so nobody get angry at me of course but i think when as i mean i know her background and i know that she was raised independent fundamental baptist okay. her entire life and that's all she's known and I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think she's ever had a job outside of the church. Like I know she cleaned North Valley nice. um, to help with like her tuition and stuff. Right. So she knows no different. And that to me now at this point, it may sound cold, is not an excuse. Nope. I think ignorance is no excuse. So just not wanting to know. Um, and I think encouraging or supporting him to get away with something like this is just, it makes you just as bad. Yeah. But I can see how at first, if someone was confronted with it, that their husband did it, your first thought is like, holy crap, what am I gonna do? I have three kids that I now need to support. Yeah. I don't have a degree that is gonna do anything for mm -hmm. me because it came from an unaccredited college, which yeah. gets me nowhere, it's not recognized. So 
to find a career in the world like it's a it's you're in a bubble when you're raised that way and to have to step out of that is terrifying incredible so yeah so i think i mean i do get that there's probably that too um just the not wanting to know because then you'd have to face it and then your whole world is turned upside down and my heart goes out to her that her world would be turned upside down but i've reached out to her a couple times um one being the other night and i even said in the email i know for a fact if she were to stand up to him and acknowledge because i've told her there are details that i know that i could tell her that would spark memories there i i know for a fact so if she would just give me that opportunity to talk to her and have the role here's exactly what happened you're not just finding out on a public forum right and she would leave there would be so many people that would rally around her and support yeah. her for standing up to him and not just letting it happen and sticking by his side so but then i saw a post that she had put someone shared a, her post from instagram the other night that her husband's so amazing and he's a man <laughs> of god and the fact that you're still thinking that i i just i don't it's hard to feel sympathy yeah. at that point and whether because you have a 16 year old daughter who has 16 year old friends mm -hmm. so even if he's not the type to do anything to his kids which I know that I thought I knew him and I obviously don't know him, but I don't think he would do anything to his kids, but they have friends that are coming in the house. So that's mm -hmm. terrifying as a mother, mother to mother, you're letting, you're not listening mm -hmm. and it's frustrating. That's, I can't, I can't imagine how frustrating that is for you. Like for me, that's frustrating, but I can't imagine as a parent as well, but for you who's experienced everything that you've gone through, I can't even begin to imagine that, how frustrating that is. And, um, just to briefly share, because it matters very little, my perspective on that would be if whether she is sharing, um, whether she's sharing, you know, these things about her husband being so great in actual sincerity, or whether she's doing it as a front, which would possibly be what's happening. That's my opinion, maybe, is that she's just trying to keep a bold face up. Either way, you're still doing the thing. Motive, whatever your motive is, Every, all of us on the surface, all we know is what we see. And what we see is you're supporting this man who is just, I don't know the right word, just a terrible, terrible piece of human garbage. So I just, whether she's got good intent or not, you know, whether she's just trying to save the bacon or, you know, save her, her life, whatever she's trying to do, she's still doing the thing. So guilty as charged. Right. Um, yeah, I just. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm interrupting no, you. I was just. It's just, it's, it's just frustrating. It's just another level of this thing that just mm -hmm. is frustrating. And you just want to shake someone and say, wake up, listen to me. I know you would, uh, in your heart, mm -hmm. you know, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. And that's just, I feel helpless. And I applaud so. you for reaching out to her. I think that's very, your, in my opinion, which I'm going to say that probably a hundred times tonight. In my opinion, you're um, that's very brave because that could be taken one way or another, or she could twist. They they're great. They're master manipulators. So, you know, they could they have the opportunity to twist that and make it sound however they want it to sound. But you, out of the pureness of your heart, you're saying, "Hey, I'm a mom. You're a mom too. Let's have a conversation." Of course, she's you know, 
in my opinion, denying everything by not responding to you, but that's up to her. But I, I applaud you for the bravery and reaching out and saying like, hey, I'm trying this one more time because at, you know, as things progress and as your children get older and as my children get older, again, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I'm trying to, to, to sit, have a sit down with you, you know, even if it's via email. So I applaud you for that. I think that's very brave. Um, and now kind of getting to, I don't want to go too fast, Sarah, but I, right now what we have, what I've written down next to talk about is kind of the reason why the, what sparked us doing this Facebook live, which was a recent video website, social media plat, uh, social media profiles that went up regarding a church in, or uh, sorry, a college in Florida. Um, are we, are you okay with us moving to that? Or do you have more to say on what we've been talking about? I don't want to cut you short. No, that's fine. Okay. So, uh, shoot Wednesday, Tuesday, I don't know, sometime last week, uh, a video surfaced and some information, a website and whatnot surfaced, a Facebook page surfaced, which I thought was funny because it surfaced, then it went down and now it's back up according to, uh, what I can see on the internet, but, uh, it's Cameron Giovanelli and Greg Neal, who we have a lot to say about him as well. Um, his video voyeurism has been interesting to say the least. Um, but they are starting a college in Florida and that's kind of what sparked the idea of, Hey, we should finally get together, you know, on video and talk about how crazy uh, everything is that's going on with Cameron, you know, with your case, again, being in process, we're not going to go into great detail, but what detail we are able to share. So what, um, if it's just anger again, that's fine. We can move on. But what, what were your thoughts, which I get, what were your thoughts kind of when you saw that? I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the video? Yeah. And I'm not talking about my brother, Andrew. Uh, and I'm not talking about his parody of it, which is, he's got two, no, one reaction and one parody. He's in here, by the way, Andrew, love you. He's got one reaction and one parody, and they are, in my opinion, works of art. Uh, not necessarily good art, but still, <laughs> just kidding, but still art. So um, the, videos, the, the video itself, as it surfaced and just kind of, uh, I went back to Cameron's page and saw his public post about the college. I want to say, I feel like a reporter, like throwing a mic. In. How does it make you feel about something terrible? But like when you see it, when you <laughs> think about it, when you kind of tell me how you feel. <laughs> <All right. laughs> when you kind of ruminate on uh, what you know, what we saw on the internet about these two weirdos, right? Cameron Carmen says the creepiest facial expressions ever. Agreed. What kind of comes like to mind? Yeah. What kind of comes besides creepy facial expressions? What comes to the surface for you when you see something like that? So it's, it disgusts me because yeah. there, I mean, I was technically still a minor when I went legally still a minor when I went to college. So you're yeah. opening up, you have two people who have now been accused of sexual things. And you're creating this environment where people should feel safe to bring them in. And I just, it makes me cringe. Yeah. And I mean, the facial expressions were awful. Like, I mean, it just, it makes your spine tingle. Like just yeah. the two of them together in all seriousness, like they just, it grosses me out. But it's just, it's terrifying to think that there could be parents that are going to send their kids in there in good faith. And I would hope that as a parent, you're doing research yeah. with your child about colleges. And I mean, you can Google either one of their names and the whole first page is their history. 
So I really yeah. hope that someone would do that. Mm -hmm. But so number one is just terrified for women and children or women, even guys too. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. knows what they're capable of. Um, going to a place where you should feel safe and you're going to live and these people are going to be like you end up getting close to and feeling comfortable because when I went to California, I was terrified going across the country oh, yeah. and starting over. didn't yeah. know anyone except for my sister. Mm -hmm. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. So you kind of cling to certain staff members who make you feel at home. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that's that you're going to go there and work for that is just on top of the fact that everything is Golden State in Florida. Right. It's, it's I mean, you have gsbcforme.com <laughs> and then you have nfbcforme.com. And I'm like, come on, guys. And then did we, did we literally just pull up everything from Golden State and copy it? It's way easier. Which just, yeah. <laughs> so, and I also, it also surprises me that. Well, first of all, I think he thinks he's gotten away with it. I truly do. I don't know that he knows that this is still an open investigation. This is not closed. Nope. We don't have an end to this. Mm -hmm. um, I still email back and forth with my investigator awesome. all the time. Good. So I don't know if he thinks that this is over, but I would think he would want to stay under the radar. You shut your mouth and you ran across country and now you're like, hey, look at us. We're going to open up this college, send us your children. Why are you trying to draw attention to yourself? Yeah. I, I just, I was surprised. I really was. I got a text from Pastor Shiplet with the, the link letting me know, like, heads up, here's what's going on. And I, my first thought was it was going to be something that he was going back to Golden State or to right. North Valley. But I mark my words, that's going to happen one day. If for some reason by some chance the charges don't go through or statute of limitations or whatever he's going to go back there because i've heard from members that treber's already talking him back up what so are you joking yeah no because uh, apparently he led a family member's parent to christ and he's from the pulpit he was saying how amazing he is and how he's still doing great things no. even through everything. Why? But I think that's what they do. Yeah. I feel like that's what they do is you get rid of them just to let everything die down. And then you slowly start putting little thing, little pieces in there to warm people back up to him. And then he'll be back out there. Wow. I think so. That's, that's unreal. I, I had no idea that that was going on with Trevor as far as him talking him back up again. And then if we if we go back, I know I'm I'm going back way over a year maybe now, but like to the original statement from Jack Treber, which we downloaded and, and posted a few places, um, it was cut off, you know the 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 end where he he said his spiel that was politically correct from probably our good friends the Gibbses, uh, and mispronounced that, yep. um, but he. Uh, <laughs> After that statement, the audio cuts off and you can see Jack's mouth still moving. And what we were told from people who were at the service was that he was just basically asking for prayer for that family and praising them, if I remember right. Yep. So, that he, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep him in our prayers and 
So you said enough to try. And I think they honestly thought that they were going to shut me up. Oh, if yeah. we get, if we get him out of here and we make this general statement, she'll be satisfied and she'll shut up and go away. Well, you done did it to the wrong person because, <laughs> and I think, honestly, I don't think that I would have, I said this in one of, it might've been my post the other day, coming forward is not for the weak. And I mm. totally get why people are scared to do it. And I can't honestly tell someone who's going through it that it's going to be easy when you do come forward because it only gets harder. I'm going to be blunt. It really does. Mm -hmm. Especially when you have these bullies yep. and they're attacking you and they're calling you Potiphar's wife and you asked for it and you were after him or, I mean, the things that I've been told and that I owe him a public apology and what? I'm going to have to, and, oh yeah, I'm going to have to answer to God for this horrible accusation of this man of God. It's like awful things. Yeah. And it really knocks you down. And it may, every single time you think to yourself, like, is it worth it? And I know that that thought is just super fast because I know it is. Yeah. But if I, if this wasn't true, I can tell you, I would have shut my mouth a long time ago yeah. and ran because they don't stop the articles that they put out. And, and I know that I wouldn't have made it this far without the people that I've met because of this, mm -hmm. like you, your mom, Rachel Peach, another victim yeah. from California, yeah. like these people that I can talk to who truly understand and have been there. And on my bad days, I could message you something like, dude, this was like really bothering me. And you can talk it out with people. And I think that even though I have been, my mind's been blown by some of the nastiness, mm -hmm. I, it's also been blown by, there's still good in the world. And there are still even independent fundamental Baptists. Like I have pastors reaching out to me on yep. Twitter or Facebook, like we back you. And that's awesome. huge. And that's very encouraging. So while it gets harder, you also find this community of people that are pushing for you, sometimes even louder than you're pushing for yourself. <laughs> so I don't know where I got off on that rabbit no, trail, but. <laughs> there were a couple things I wanted to talk to. And the, the first one I'll come back to, but I just want to kind of bring it up. So hopefully I remember it is the level of um, secrecy that happens with these things. So it's like, if you were, I mean, I, I, everyone's different and we haven't all had the same experience, but my experience back when, you know, there was a Jack Hiles and there was, you know, of thriving at the time Hiles Anderson College was, you don't look at bad things on the internet about the church. And I want to come back to that. But I, I love what, you know, and that, to me that plays into how can people still send their, their kids to a college where if you Google the, the top two guys, you can see what's wrong with them. Well, they're not Googling because they were told not to and they're doing what they were told. Um, so just a little tidbit on that. And I'm not trying to come at you with that information. It's more like, I'm seeing it in the comments, like, how could they? Well, that's how we were all duped at one time and people are still being duped. Um, yep. But I love what you brought up as far as, uh, you know, if this wasn't true, I would have backed down a long time ago. And, the, and, and I know you're not saying this yourself, but I will say it, the amount of bravery that it takes to come forward with something like this, years later or weeks later or minutes later or months later, whenever it is, when someone comes forward with some information like this, and whether they're prepared and they know or not about the onslaught that's headed their way, it's still headed their way. And the fact that you've dealt with it all so graciously is, amazes me. 
but also I like that you're speaking to it and just saying like, this, this isn't for the faint of heart. It's been a battle, no. you know, it's been an uphill battle, but it's been a battle and there's, there's, there's more work to be done. There's a lot of work being done right now. And just, I don't know, I, I want to just applaud you and speak to that and just say this people don't come forward. You know, you named off several other uh, survivors as well, but people don't just come forward with this for shits and giggles. Pardon my not French. It, that's not what it is, you know? And, and again, right. I said it earlier, there are innocent people who have in some cases been convicted or have been at least accused of being guilty of something they didn't do in this in this sphere of, of criminology, but if you're coming forward as a legitimate victim, you should be supported. And it's just crazy to me that there's so many people who they can't see their way to support. All they can see, they're blinded by the glare of the charisma of the man of God. And that's all they can see is how great he is and that you never question the man of God. And you never say anything against the man of God. It's just, it's wild. And I get that there's people that just, you want so badly to only see the good in someone. Yes. So if, like I said, if you knew Cameron before and you know his bubbly personality and how people are drawn to him, obviously you don't want to think that someone like that no. who has maybe been by your dying family member's bedside or has married you and your husband or, I mean, he's done good things. I'm not saying that he is has always been in every single action an evil person. Yeah. I'm not saying that that would be a lie. But I get that there's people that want to see that side of Cameron and be like, how is that even possible? So no, she's lying. She's got to be lying. But like I said in that thing the other day, you can claim to know someone. Like his wife truly believes she knows him. Yeah. His children think they know him. The church and all of our members thought we knew him. I thought I knew him until he started slowly working me. Mm -hmm. So you don't know any other person on the face of the earth like you know yourself. And like for those that do believe in God that are watching, that God knows you. You're yeah. Him and God are the only two people that know what he's thinking, what he's doing. I know the pockets of time that he was able to slip things in and do sure. different things. So the people that say, well, we know him. Well, were you with him when he was doing X, Y, Z with me? Right. No, no one was at tied to his side. Mm -hmm. It's just you. Walking around. Exactly. And I mean, even I remember there was one time, I mean, I don't want to give like too many details, but there was one time that I was up in the prayer study with him and the door was locked mm -hmm. and my youth pastor came knocking on the door because he was looking for me and didn't know he was i think that's when he was starting to suspect things mm -hmm. um and he said preacher are you in there and he said yeah i'm in here praying because it was a wednesday night so and he had me hide in the closet what? so there was like a closet in the corner yeah so even the youth pastor who thinks he knows him and then takes it at face value oh yep. he's in there he's preparing for tonight's service sure. no he's not he's in there with a teenager yeah so I get there's people that you just want to trust that, you know, that everyone is truly wholeheartedly good. But right. like I said before, you can't, you can't say that he's capable of this sin and not this sin. Yes. Exactly. So you don't know someone. So that's, well, there's, that's a, part. <laughs> there's a parallel to be drawn there between um, Cameron and, and I'm not trying to get us off subject, but between Cameron and Jack Scott. 
So Jack, again, Jack was taking this, this girl that he was with across state lines and whatnot, but he took her to this cabin in the middle of nowhere in Michigan, I think on his dad's property, if I remember right. And he had a staff member who was, that, again, same thing, just believed everything good. And if I remember the story correctly, he and this girl, this teenage girl, were alone in this cabin, and it was okay. And then she, then the staff member checked in and said, hey, you know, I want to make sure everything's okay. I'm going to come pick her up and take her home tonight. And Jack says, oh, she's having a bad day. I think he said something about um, something about her cycle and then said she doesn't feel well. She's going to sleep on the couch, and I'm going to sleep in the bed. And this is not to be unkind at all to the staff member, but the staff member said, okay, like believed him. Are you, are you kidding me? But that goes back to your point that you're making is we want to, especially because these guys are so charismatic, we want to believe everything good about them. And, and I don't blame people right. for that. And I'm not trying to right. you for that because you make an excellent point. We want to believe it so bad that sometimes we're blinded to, hey, wake up. This isn't right. Something's not right here. Victor's door should have a window and there shouldn't be girls in there all the time. Jack Scott shouldn't be able to abscond, if that's the right way to say it, to a different state by himself with a teenage girl. Cameron shouldn't be right. able to get around these things and do the things that he's doing completely unchecked. But I, we recorded a podcast earlier today and I was talking to our guest about it. It's just, you know, you, you, again, you want to believe all these things that are good, but these guys have so much autonomy. It is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, even his wife who thinks that she knows him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd go over there to babysit for them on the weekends for them to go out to dinner. Right. And the kids are on the couch watching a movie. Sarah's upstairs getting ready and Cameron's downstairs with me doing stuff. What? So even his wife thinks that she knows him enough to know, well, he's just downstairs. I'll be down in a second. I'm finishing putting my earrings in. You don't know someone. And one of the other things that you and I had talked about was like parents having this open conversation yeah. with their yeah. children and stuff. Like it's okay to ask questions and it is okay to be cautious. Like, yes, I would rather get on my child's nerves by asking questions and having open mm -hmm. communication and making sure that they're comfortable in talking to me and things. So that way, and there's a chance, and I do a lot of what ifs, like sure. if certain situations back then would have been different, would I have felt comfortable talking to my parents? Right. Or when my youth pastor called us the day that Cameron was going to take my virginity mm -hmm. and he asked, is anything going on? Would I have, sure. if he would have in private asked me again, Sarah, I really need you to tell me, is anything yeah. going on? Would I have said more? Sure. And I mean, there, you can't go back and change it. But if there's one thing that I can stress to parents as being the child in the situation, have the talks. Yeah. Don't be, it should not be a taboo subject no. of the fact that we, we know our pastor, but we don't know our pastor. And right. even if he, who we are, who we love and respect and is leading us, even if he does something inappropriate to you, say something yeah. to to me to your dad to anyone mm -hmm. whoever's closest so i just wish that it wouldn't be such a taboo subject to where you're scared to say something because you're going to rock the boat right. or you know upset them because you're talking about someone that they love and respect i mean my grandmother was cameron's secretary 
And a lot right. of it happened in the office too, when she's right there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he was smooth and yep. there was ways that we would get around it, but like you can, you can pull the wool over anyone's eyes yes. and just have more conversation. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can't stress that enough. Well, I like that you brought it up because, um, and we talked about talking about it previously, but I like that you brought it up and I don't want to stray from that subject for a while. I'd like us to go back and forth on that a little bit because again, I'm coming from, we're not coming from the exact same place, but I, I love what you're saying. And I want to expound on it, expand on it a little bit because that, like you said, the taboo, you said that word a couple times, the, there's a lot of problems here, <laughs> but the one I'd like to briefly mm -hmm. unpack is that we've made sex and sexuality so taboo that I posted when I posted something the other day about when I was a kid, anytime a scene on the movie, a movie came on when a girl had a bikini, whatever mom runs in front of the TV. I love my mom to death. Yep. I'm not trying to be mean to her, but every little thing that was remotely close to sex and sexuality was just, it wasn't, it was taboo, but it was even a step further. It wasn't just taboo. It was nothing. Like we don't talk about it. We don't bring right. it up. And I'm not saying to take your five-year-old, and show them pornography and be like, this is how it works. It's a terrible right. idea. I'm saying at the right age, you know your kids better than anyone does. At the right age, right. when you see some signs or when you realize now is the time, man, educate them. And again, I'm not trying to get weird and crazy with it. I watched our viewers drop when I said the pornography thing. Um, I'm not trying to get crazy with it. But at the same time, if you're not... If you're not taking the time to have those conversations with your kids, and again, to be fair, if you're IFB, you don't know to have those conversations. My my parents tried. No. My my mom actually tried to have the conversation with me. It was very awkward. I got very little from it. It wasn't really helpful. So they don't. I think a lot of times they don't even know what to say. But for those of us that are here and watching and can spread the word or or have a children of our own, like take the time to educate your kids. There's a lot of resources yes. that are free. There's a lot of, I mean, therapy's not free, but it's super helpful. Um, uh, our daughter Chloe's in therapy right now. There's so many things, so many resources for you to help you make that less awkward, less taboo, um, uh, less, I don't know, painful maybe even for some people to talk about it with your kids. But the more we uh, sensationalize it, maybe it may not be the right word, but just make it so taboo and so like, oh, well, we don't talk about that. Again, meet it out with, reality you don't have to go crazy but your kids need to know because there's things again and you've experienced it and many of the people we've talked to here on our mother's podcast have experienced it you don't even know what's going on until it's it is no. already happened i'm not saying i'm not trying to be accusatory or say you specifically but many people many children teenagers young adults don't even know what's going on until it's already happened and even then they don't fully understand what just happened why because mom and dad know not to fault them, but mom and dad or no one ever sat down with them and said, look, this is birds and this is bees and this is how it works. And this is what you need to watch out for. It's not just easy, stranger danger stuff. There's a lot more, you know, uh, intricate yeah. things you need to talk with your kids about. Sorry, go ahead. So, and I mean, that's another thing. So I know that in public schools, cause I went to public school till I was in seventh grade, mm -hmm. they have sex ed. Mm -hmm. Well, because of how sheltered we were and right. you know, my, family's views I wasn't allowed to take take part in that right I had to go sit in the library while everyone was learning about it so there's things and I would 
I would urge parents too that, and I get like, I've seen some of the stuff that they're teaching in sex sure. ed and some things I'm like, oh my God, how can you teach a six-year-old that much yeah. detail? Yeah. But if you, if you aren't comfortable with them learning from a teacher and in the classroom setting, then I would urge you, <laughs> please then have a conversation at home mm -hmm. and have some kind of talk because I can tell you again, like referring back to the, how a worldly 16 year old and a sheltered 16 year old are so different. Right. When I had that first kiss with him, I remember my whole body was shaking and I didn't know what I'm doing. Like, and honestly, I don't know that I had even thought about kissing someone before that. Like, it's just when you are taken out of that and you've never really had a conversation of what sex is or the differences or progression of things yeah. or what you might be confronted with you don't know what like you said until it's too late yeah so when it started happening it was like what the heck is going on type Alrighty. thing because you have no idea what, and i get like even if you're taught about it you're still not going to know what you're doing right. when <laughs> things happen yes but at least you have the education behind it mm -hmm. to know I don't know, like how to handle a situation if so-and-so propositions you for something right. or if you feel that they're starting to get a little too close because mm -hmm. it's not like one day I walked in and he said, right. let's go upstairs and I'm going to teach you how to kiss. Right. But if there is a conversation, you know, anybody could, if someone makes you feel like they're getting too close or mm -hmm. talks to you about, asks I mean, the fact that my pastor was asking me if I had ever yeah. kissed someone yeah. and telling me about his first kiss and stuff, mm -hmm. that's a line that should have never been crossed. Exactly. That should have been the first red flag. Exactly. So, but you didn't, again, have those conversations. And mm -hmm. it's very important to educate your kids and however you feel comfortable, but talk and yes. let them hear it from someone other than the person who's teaching them how right. to do it. Yeah. I love, I, I like that, the, what you said there in the end there, as far as like, let the mirror from, and we're not, again, I like what you're saying is, um, we're not um, uh, saying that you, you have to send your kids to sex ed, like what you do with your right. is your business, but like what you're, I love what you're saying, like, don't hold that information from them and don't make one person be the only person that's teaching them about that is awkward. And I'm not looking forward to that talk with Chloe as awkward as that's going to be and as weird it is so much better and so much more of a relief to know that she knows what these body parts are and what this means. I'm not trying to be too graphic. I'm just saying she knows what this means. And if someone is out of line, she recognizes. I think that's the big thing. What I would want my big take right. for Chloe would be like, she knows if someone is out of line and something's wrong and something's off, it's almost street smarts to an extent. Like she knows like this isn't right. What you're saying, what you're doing, how you're acting, how you're touching me, whatever it is, it's not right. Something's weird. I need to talk to my dad or the principal or whoever. Exactly. Um, that's that I like I like what you're saying as far as don't let one person or the teacher and not not saying not faulting the teacher saying there's anything wrong with the teacher teaching, but let them hear it from you too, so they know they can come to you if something is wrong. Right. Yeah, and that too, like even if you're okay with your child doing sex ed, still make sure that you've had some kind of conversation to where they don't feel totally awkward talking about something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, if you've never had a conversation, I could totally be awkward as a yeah. child going to your parent and asking yeah. questions. So there should be that level of comfort in a family. And 
a, like a safe place that when you're in this house, we can talk about anything yeah. and you can ask me whatever question you have and mm -hmm. no question is going to get you into trouble. Exactly. You know, if, if you want to know something, I'd much rather my kid ask me something yeah. than go and try and figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. And I do think too, that when you're raised in a sheltered environment, that the things that you've been held from are, I wouldn't say enticing, but there's that level of like intrigued yeah. of like what, you know, so if you are holding this back and like you said, you we're, we cover the eyes in the scene yeah. and I get to a certain age, I'm probably yeah. going to be that mom right. <laughs> but at a certain age, like, but I'm also not going to keep them so far from it that they want to figure it out. Right. They're, I just, the level of open communication needs mm -hmm. to be there and the safe space in your home with your children regardless of what religion you are or what your views are i like i might still be more strict than another family sure. but i still want them to feel comfortable yeah to talk and i think there's a lot of power and a lot of <coughs> excuse me not control over your children but control of any kind of situation outside of your home that you gain that you the you stand to gain from educating them on this subject and i honestly to be fair i think me and you are tiptoeing pretty well here <laughs> around using any kind of specifics i think we're doing a good job but it's it's important to when when you do talk to your kids be specific and do whether it's from the angle of just you know i'm going to teach you about sex or whether it's from the angle of here's what it's not okay for someone to say or do to you whatever angle you choose it's important that that knowledge is imparted to them and Again, not, not to diminish your public school or your Christian school or private school teachers. Well, I shouldn't say Christian school. I doubt any Christian school teaches sex ed. Applause <laughs> to them if they do. Probably not. Yeah. But I, I love the statement that I think both of us are coming here to make in regards to this specific subject is make your kids understand that it's okay for you to come to them, for them to come to you with something in regards to sex and sexuality. Why? Because you've already talked to them about it and let them know this is a safe place. It's okay to bring up or you're not going to get in trouble, but we want to talk about it. I think, I think that's so powerful and so important. Um, I wanted to, yeah, I shouldn't have been learning about it step-by-step step from my pastor. So. A, yeah. And, and that's something that could prevent. And I'm not saying that it necessarily would have like, again, the what ifs I could have had those conversations with my family sure. and still be put in that situation. Yeah. But Far more likely let's take every preventative measure we possibly can with our kids so that way they're not learning as someone is teaching them in an inappropriate right. way exactly i love that i think that's i think it's super important and i think it's something that especially coming from the ifb or being in the ifb or having that kind of background like man i don't i don't want to bring that up to my kids like again like i said i, I had the conversation with my mom as a teenager and it was awkward and i got little to no help from it because again, I don't, I don't fault my mom, although that'd be easy to do. It's because that's what the, the pastor, that's what Jack Kyle's, that's what every instinct told her was, I really can't give him that much information because we're not supposed to talk about it. So um, right. one thing I did, want, okay, I, I want to get back to that because I think that's very important for, for just a little levity here. Uh, John Bannister has a first officially purchased CameronForMe.com. <laughs> I don't know if he saw that. <laughs> 
but I have me rolling. So I don't know what he or I or Andy will collaborate with putting on there, but I'm sure it will be uh, to many people's delight and to Cameron's chagrin, as well as Greg and Tom Neal and Jack Treber and all those bastards. But uh, anyways, I want to share that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> taking a little break from the heavy talk. Um, but anyways, I don't know, just to recap all of that, thank you, Sarah, for saying that. I think it's very important. Thank you for bringing that up. I definitely want us to talk about that tonight. And thank you for mm -hmm. approaching that subject because even as difficult as it will be to talk to our own children about that, I think it's just very difficult also to bring it up here. It's not, it's not, um, I don't know what the right word is. It's not natural for us normally to kind of have approach that subject. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, did you have more? Right. But that uncomfortable, that uncomfortable conversation could save you from a much more uncomfortable conversation that, cause I can tell you telling my parents for the first time Man. was about everything was extremely uncomfortable. So suck it up and have the uncomfortable conversation because you could be saving your child from a much worse conversation. 